From Harvest Time, Faith Center Church in Vidalia, Georgia, this is the Faith Center Broadcast. Prepare your hearts to receive the powerful Word of God from the dynamic teaching ministry of Dr. Bernard and Valentina Hill. And now, let's join the Faith Center with Dr. Bernard and Valentina Hill. It says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. And my life is better after having heard the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. In 1 John 5, 4, you all know we probably can quote, for, who, for whatever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You may be seated. We've been dealing with how to make a successful comeback. And we've dealt with many aspects of this comeback uh, that God wants us to have. And so uh, we, we have found out <laughs> uh, that it is the will of God for us to, when we have made a mistake, to come back to God. And the question come out of, after, out of everything uh, that I have said this week, how do you make a comeback after you have missed God? And that's what I want to deal with tonight. How do you make a comeback when you have missed God? The whole Bible is a theme, and I tell you about how man has, 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 has this big comeback to God. And God loved for us to, to come back in, to him. Now, making a comeback is not automatic. There is something you have to do in order to successfully restore or reclaim that which you was lost. We found out that God is committed to our comeback. Believers cannot be deceived that they will not have challenges in their life. Because we understand that it is part of the package for us to be challenged or to have challenges in life. And so God is the one that orchestrates our spiritual comeback. He wants us to have a comeback so that we can help others come back because if no one has gone on the journey, then when someone gets ready to go on a journey, who can they have to help them? If, if we did not have ex-crack smokers in the church, how could they help a crackhead that show up and want some help if they never went on that journey? See, we want to throw rocks at folk, and we fail to realize that I walked that same road too. We understand that just, you have to understand this, just because one day you walked the aisle, one day Jesus came your Lord and Savior, you have to understand and you have to be honest that you did not overcome all your stuff overnight. So I'm going to work out tonight. I was tired last night, but I ain't tired tonight. No, no you, no, you have to understand, right, that you did not stop doing what you was doing overnight. Amen. That you had to process by the Holy Spirit your way through things. And God allowed you to live through your foolishness, not because uh, of some great, you were some great thing, but he knew that down the road, he was going to raise you up to help somebody else do their stuff. That is why in church we got to stop throwing stones at people. We got, we got to stop. Everybody look at them and say, we got to stop doing that. Yeah. All this backbiting and, and gossip and stuff about folk in church. We need to stop doing that stuff and begin to help people through the process. Because all of us have spiritually failed against God. We've all missed it. Amen, amen, amen. All right, now, turn with me in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. God orchestrates our spiritual comeback. He wants us to have a comeback so that we can help others. I need to, I need to help others. I need to be in a place, right, that, that uh, I'm, not look, I'm, not, I'm never looking down on folk. And, 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 and harvest time, they, they know this about me. I, say, I always say this, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you repented, who am I to hold it against you? You talk about your mistakes too much. You need to talk about the delivering power of God that God forgave you. So why are we talking about it? Amen. 
he cast it in the sea of forgetfulness for it to never be remembered no more, but y'all won't talk about it. Are y'all in Hebrews 12? He says this in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us. And let us run with what? Patience, the race that is set before us. Looking unto what? Jesus. The what? And the what? Finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, it says here that Jesus, we have to look at him because Jesus had joy going to the cross for our sin. That's why in the garden, Jesus, when he was in the deliberating moment, he said, Father, let this cup pass me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but what that? Let your will be done. Because Jesus, he had to look down through the ages that if I suffer right now, there are some other people who don't have to suffer. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. And you went through what you was going through so somebody else won't have to go through what they, what they right. go through. Hallelujah. That's why we have, we have to be in a place, right, that we, uh, we, you know, we have passion on people. That, that we, we uh, look at people and we pity them. And when we fall, when they, when they fall, and they have an issue going on in their life, the Bible did not say for us to talk about her, but he said the strong bears the infirmity of the weak. You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. See, that is always the will of God is for when somebody fall, that they go through the process of restoration. In other words, he wants them to come back. Be on their comeback. So this scripture here in, in Hebrews is talking about laying aside a sin that has crept up upon us. And by making a spiritual comeback, we are talking about a, lo a loss of spiritual devotion and conviction that severs my once convicting relationship with God. Now, it's two things to overcome when I'm in this state. Two things that needs to be overcome. Number one, you have to overcome the assault on your mind by the devil. Because the devil will tell you that just because you sin, God will never forgive you. And you have, you, you have to cut that assault off. Because the devil wants you to start feeling bad about yourself. Instead of going through the scripture, the scripture. Because remember now, the Bible didn't say y'all have sinned. The Bible said all have sinned. I can't come in here and say y'all, all us. All of us have been in a place where we miss God. And so I cannot be in a place, right, that, um, <clears throat> that when I see somebody have missed God, I can never be in a place that I can't forgive them. Amen. It's just like this right here. I have already made up in my mind before somebody do something to me, they are already forgiven. Because I have too much to lose. What do you have to lose when, when you don't forgive someone? God not forgiving me. Are, are you hearing me? That's why you have to tell them you ain't worth all that. No, no, you have to. You, you ain't worth all that. For me, not the. I don't care what you've done. You are not worth all that. <laughs> Number two, you ha you have to have a revelation of the unconditional love of God. Because people think you know. Y'all know how church is. Y'all been in church long enough. Folk think you know God is gonna like me when I get good. The Bible says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were sinners, he died. So what you mean when you get right? I've done a series on the attributes of a hell-bound man. And, uh, and one of the attributes of a hell-bound man is self-righteousness. And so we have, to, we, we, we have to be in a place, right, that I understand, you know, this love, that, that, that God loved me. He begun the work in me. Let me tell you all something. The Bible teaches us that when God was forming us in our mother's womb, 
He already knew what you was going to do before you done it. And he still saved you. Are you hearing me? He, he, he already knew that when you walked the aisle and said, Jesus, I love you. He knew you was going to go sleep around somewhere else. He already knew it. <laughs> are, are you hearing me? When you get a revelation of God's love, you will never let the devil trip you up in your stuff. And you will not let people hold it. Or they may hold it, but you will not let it phase you. I mean, I, I, I got my rest today. I ain't going to go to work today. I just got my rest today. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Turn to me in your Bible. See Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. See, salvation is not by my works, but by God's grace. It is by God's grace. I didn't have to do anything to earn it, but it was by his grace. I was a sinner when he called me, and I still wanted to see him after he called me. Uh, see, see, I, see I, are, are, you, are you hearing me? No, I'm just, I just want to be with some honest folks, right? Because people should be tired of folk being so stepped up religious. When I got, when he called me, I was sinning. You got it? After I accepted Jesus as my Lord, I still want to do some stuff. No, we, no, we just have to be honest, you understand? We just have to be just honest with this stuff. All right, are you all there? He says this right here, uh, verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as the results of works, so that no one can boast. In other words, I cannot get to a place where I've done something. That's right. What, what, I, what I do? I ain't done nothing. I'm just a sinner. Amen. Saved by God's grace. Thank you, I didn't make myself a son. He made me a son. Amen. Everything that we have, God had to give it to us. Amen, amen, amen. And so salvation does not automatically keep you from being tempted or disobedient. <laughs> All right, turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, Romans 10. Because God gave me salvation when I received him as Lord and Savior. I, I'm, I'm saved. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saved, I'm saved. It's, it's just like this. People, people forget stories in the Bible. Peter, Peter he, he denied Jesus, got it? But Jesus didn't throw him away. When he showed back up, he said, where Peter at? Strengthen my brothers. Strengthen your brothers when you, when you strengthen your brothers. And he still didn't have it right. Because Peter still was a hypocrite. Because he'll go eat with the Gentiles, but when the Israelites show up, then he'll depart himself from it. And Paul said, I confronted him to his face for his hypocrisy. <laughs> Are you there? He says in verse 9, it says, that if you confess your sins, uh, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's what we said. For with the heart, a man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto what? Salvation. In other words, I only got saved because I opened up my mouth. And I believed what God said. I did not have to do anything to earn it. Didn't have to do anything to earn it. Because it was the work of God in my life. And so I'm not saying because I keep the law or that I live so right. I'm simply saying because I received Jesus as my Lord. Amen. I received him as my Lord. Now turn with me in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5 because I have to understand, because I got to get this revelation before I get into what I want to get to. See, I, I got to give you some revelation. Revelations come from the word of God. I have to understand that Jesus, he took my, he, he took my sin and gave me his righteousness. He, he took something from me and then he gave me something. He gave me something better than what I had. I forgot, I forgot, uh, I, had, I had an example that I, I, want, I wanted to do with this, right? And uh, I didn't bring my prop. Uh, I'm going to need you all to, to, to imagine something. Um, yeah, I need y'all to imagine this. Are y'all in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Because we just read, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things pass away, all things come to Praise God. No, we're going to do more than that. Come on, come on. 
All right. Um, get, get, uh, just get a sheet of paper, just one sheet of paper in your hand. Watch this. Let's, let's just say for the sake of arguing that this here is a block of gold. Okay? This is a block of gold. And what she have in her hand really is what it is, a sheet of paper. It's worthless, has no value to it. All right? Now, this is what Jesus is saying. I'm going to give you the block of gold if you let me have the sheet of paper. You got it? This is, this is what Jesus said. He said, he said, he said I, I have the block of gold, but I want, it's an unfair exchange, but I want to make the exchange. Y'all didn't get that. It's an unfair exchange, but he wants to make the exchange. So he says, I'll give you the gold if you give me the paper. All right. Now watch this. His value did not decrease because he took the paper. All right, all right, all right. Because the paper didn't determine who he was. Your sin did not make Jesus a sinner. But that gold did make you rich. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Amen. But that gold did make you rich. But this is what some people do right here. You try to keep the gold. <laughs> this is what some people do. Jesus offered them the gold, but they want to keep the paper. Are you hearing me? That's, that's what devil folks do. He, 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 he offers it. Look, I'm going to give you the gold. Uh -huh. if you, you just got to give me the paper. Uh -huh. But then what they say, no, 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 no. And then you have some people who want to keep the paper and take the gold. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That still doesn't work. Because you're trying to work two mediums together that doesn't work. Because you cannot have righteousness and unrighteousness working together. Is you are unrighteous or you are righteous? Is you made the exchange or you didn't make the exchange? See, the one who has made the exchange, it is Proven in the life that they begin to live. It's just like this right here. It's just like this. If that person has that paper, they're going to live according to that paper. Yeah. But yeah. if I give them this block of gold, uh -huh. they're going to dress different. They're going to look different. They're going to drive in something different. Amen. Why? Because what they have now is more valuable than what they had. Are oh, y'all in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? All right, watch this right. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Give, me, give me a go. Okay, you keep the gold. <laughs> That's it right there. All right, watch this, right? All right, he says this right here. 2 Corinthians 5, look at verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old thing passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, all these things are from God. The new things are from who? They're from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Not counting their trespasses against them. In other words, God was not holding my sin against me. You have to understand God does not hold your sin against you. See, that's one of them shouting moments right there. Because some of you... you you, 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 you hop between two opinions now, whether I'm going to heaven or hell. You can be convinced that I'm going to heaven even though I have a few struggles. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors. Uh, verse 20, therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ as though God was making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. In other words, just like God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, he now, because he passed the gold brick to us, he, he, he hold us responsible to pass the brick to somebody else. Amen. In other words, hunt your neighbor say, pass the wealth around. Pass the wealth around. Watch this now, verse 21, it says, he made him. 
He made him, this is the opposite uh, verse, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So you are righteous. You have to have that revelation to deal with a spiritual setback. And the devil will tear you up when you don't have that revelation. He'll mess you up. Now people say, you know, well, you're just giving a license to sin. You, you ain't got to give nobody a license to sin. They're going to sin anyway. You ain't got to pass them no license. They're going to sin anyway. They ain't going to give no license to sin. No, you ain't giving nobody no license to sin. They don't do it anyway. Trust, trust. No, ain't nobody, didn't nobody give you a license, did they? No, I said, they didn't give you a license. You just done it. No, you didn't have to go take no tests or nothing like that. You just done it. If you felt like laying up, you just laid. No, I'm just saying, it's just like that. That's all you've done. You've just done it. If you felt like lying, you just told a lie. Amen. No, you felt like getting drunk, you just went and bought it, screwed the top off of it, popped it, and you just drank it. You didn't have to sign no paperwork for you to do that. Amen. So you don't have to give folk no license to sin. All it is is that we have to understand, right, that our condition, the, uh, the condition we're in, it is God who is the one who is shaping and molding us to be who it is he wants us to be. Amen. amen, amen. All right? Turn with me in your Bibles to uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, because God understands, right, there are provisions in scriptures that guarantee that if we walk in them, it will position you. Position you that you will not fall. Why are you messing with your papa? Huh? Papa trying to teach. Huh? No, I, uh, no, I'm not picking you up. No, uh-uh. He's leaning that way. No. Are you in 2 Peter chapter 1? Look at verse 10. It says, Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you should, what? Never, Never fall. You should never fall. So I understand here that the reality of it is, is that God knew we're not going to listen to what Peter said. So God gave us a provision in scripture that if we messed up, you can come back. Turn for me to the Bible to 1 John. Let me just quote it. No, 1 John 1, 9. I, I, sometimes I won't do that, but I can't, I can't make an opinion. Everybody know what it says, so I'm not going to make that assumption. 1 John 1 9. 1 John 1 9. Are you there? Amen. If we confess our sin, he is what? Faithful, Faithful and what? Yeah. To do what? Forgive. Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from. So I understand this. If I miss it, God gave me a provision that I can get back in fellowship with it. I don't hold on to the sin. I'm going to talk about that in a few minutes. I don't hold on to it because it's going to mess me up worse. I have to tell God about it. We confess our, because God already knew about it. God, God, God knew you was going to do it before you done it. No, God, God, God already knew last week what you was going to do. He, matter of fact, he know everything you're going to do this year. And we, what's the day? The, the 20. 24, right, the 24th, he already know what you're going to do to January 24th, 2015. He, he, already, he already know what you're going to say. Bible tell us that. God already know what you're going to say. When you, when you cuss somebody out, I hope you don't. Since you know through this, you got to come you're going to cuss, you ain't going to cuss nobody else no more, out no more. No, no, you cuss somebody out, God already knew you was going to do that. He knew you were going to cuss them out the day that you walked out, that you were going to say, Jesus. He knew that a few years down the road, you still going to cuss folk out. No, he, already, he already knew that. He knew you was going to do that. But guess what he still done? Still saved you. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he did not just die for your right now sin. He died for your past, your present, and your future sin. He wiped the slate clean. I thank God for him. Spiritual setbacks are caused by four things. Spiritual setbacks are caused by four things. Number one, it is caused by sin. In other words, you missed the mark. Because that's what sin is, you just missed the mark. See, you can't play with sin because you can't handle it. 
No, can't handle sin. We, can, we cannot play with sin. Look at your neighbor and say, we can't play with sin. Can't play with it. I can't, can't play. Sin is too powerful. No, I don't care. The devil is powerful, but sin is powerful too. No, sin is powerful. Do you know it was sin that caused Satan to fall? The Bible says he was in his place and still iniquity was found in him. Sin is powerful. Watch what James says. You, ain't got to, you can write this down. James chapter 1, verse 13 through 16. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and entice. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Don't err, my, my beloved brother. In other words, you know, you, don't mistake about the power of sin. Sin is powerful. Why is sin so powerful? Because within us, in our fallen nature, there's lust. Okay, okay, y'all, y'all won't play me right. I know the Bible says that we are to walk in the what? Spirit, and we will not fulfill the lust of a flesh, right? That's what it says, right? But how many of y'all know that there is still lust in your flesh? Okay, Paul said this right here. Paul's, Paul put it like this. He said, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, when I go to do right, evil is always present. He said, I find myself doing things I don't want to do. And then find myself not doing the things that I desire to do. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who is going to deliver me from this body of death? Then he says this right here. This is his conclusion. Thanks be to God. It's through Jesus Christ that I'm being delivered from this stuff. And I'm telling you, that has to be your testimony. I find myself sometimes doing stuff that I hate doing. Sometimes I hate myself. But I know one day Jesus is going to deliver me from this body of death. That's the hope that we have. And I don't know about you. There are days that I just can't stand me. Because I want to be in righteousness. I want to please God. But there are some times in me, in my thought life, in my deeds that I don't please God. But I want to please him so much. But I know I am in prison in this fallen flesh. And this flesh can't hold me captive. But understand this, I don't have a life sentence. Are you hearing me? <laughs> Though I'm in prison, I'm not there for life. There's one day that the key is going to come. It's going to be stuck in the jail cell. And the door is going to fly open and I'm going to step out of that prison one day. And I'm going to be free to do what it is that God called me to do. I got some rest today. I was tired last night. <laughs> so my sin, my sin caused me. Number two, slothfulness or being lazy. Not coming to church. Not reading my word caused me to have a setback. Because I'm here to tell you, right, if you ever have a season that you're not in prayer and your word, it affects you. You may look the same in the mirror, but down on the inside of you, every day you go by, there is a setback happening in you. It may be small because when you start off, it's, it's like you don't feel it. But the more and more the days go by and you don't read the scriptures and you don't pray to God, it sounds like it gets easier and easier, but it's further and further you're stepping back. Stepping back. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 6, it says uh, that be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. In other words, in order for me to get the promise, I can't be lazy. I have to do what I, I'm supposed to do because I cannot be lazy. Amen. Can't be lazy, can't be slothful. Because slothfulness is getting me into a place to where I'm going to walk into something that I don't need to walk into. Because I don't have the word of God to war off in my mind. The onslaught of the devil. Every wrong bed that you ended up in was because your thought life had not been saturated with the word of God. Are y'all honey? They, they won't play me right. No, no, every one of them, every one of them, every situation, bad situation you found yourself in, you was in that situation because you have gotten to a place that you was lazy. Amen. It don't take all that. Let me tell you something, it take that and more. Amen. 
It takes that and more. I have to be in a place that I understand that it takes me being in the presence of God every day because I have three enemies warring against me and one of them is on the inside of me and two of them on the outside of me. I have an enemy on the inside of me called me because it's me against me. Then I have a devil on the outside trying to influence the me in me that I don't even like. And then he runs a system on the outside of me that is trying to cause the me that is in me to conform to that so I can disobey God. So I can never go a day that I don't talk to him. I can't never go a day that I'm not reading the word. I can never go a day that I'm not asking the Holy Spirit to guide me and lead me in the direction that I want to go in. As a never a day, I cannot tell him to empower me to go through this day because I don't know what the devil's going to throw at me. Amen. Number, what number, 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 three. number three. Then what I, it's what I call the shock. The shock is uh, something happens and you get mad at God. You get you mad at God, and, and then you get mad at uh, things other Christians have done. I call it the shock factor. And if you get mad at God and get mad at what other Christians do, it's a setback. Because God already told us you're going to have challenges in life. And sometimes that challenge may be the death of a loved one. But you have to trust him. I don't understand it, God. It hurts me, but I'm trusting you. That's why you can't have your eye on what the Christians are doing. People say, you know, I ain't going to that church. Ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites in there. Well, I, matter of fact, somebody told me that this week, one of my coworkers, I said, you still go to Walmart, don't you? No, I said, you still go to Walmart. No, no. You go to Walmart, you stop going there, hypocrite. I said, you come here to the prison. There's a whole bunch of them here. So you can't, you know, no, you got, you got, to, no, you just can't come to me with this. That's why I'm going because it's all it's hypocrites everywhere. Amen. But the safest place for a hypocrite is the church. Amen. Because it's only in the church that they can get a word from God. And when they heard the word of God, the Holy Spirit move upon their heart. And they understand that the hypocrisy life that I'm living in, it is no good for me. And they step out of that position right there and they step into a place of honesty and integrity. So don't let people, you know, get that on you. Talking about, you, oh, you don't go to church. You ain't, you ain't doing nothing anyway. I got heard of uh, number, what number, number, number four, uh, seduction. Seduction. People talking uh, to you false doctrine. Are teaching you false doctrine. People can seduce you. The Bible talks about how that in the last days seducing spirits are going to come than doctrines of demons. Because there's a lot of things that's being taught that is not right. And we have to be in a place right that you guard your ears. Remember I told you all the other night if I have to say something right in order for my ears to hear it. And I need my ears to hear it so it can go down in my heart. I need my heart to hear it so that I can live it out. Amen. You got it? So I have to make a covenant. I have to be careful about what I hear. I can't just hear anything because I know it's going to affect my heart. And so um, false doctrine is, is a bad thing through seduction. And so sin has to become so distasteful for you that you have to give it up. No, it has to be distasteful for you. See, see, no, no, it's got to be distasteful for you. Don't like it. Have you ever eat, eat, eaten something? Say, man, it looked good, but when you taste it, it's like, ah. Y'all know how it is. Somebody cooked something, it looks good while I was there. You said, oh, man. Because something can look good, but not taste good. Amen. And you have to count the consequence of you living in sin because it cancels out God's blessing in your life. All right? Turn through your Bible to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. I got to move. I got to move on, y'all. I got to move on. Y'all holding me up. I got, man, I got so much stuff. That time I gave y'all, I may I made just, let me see what time it is. Oh, yeah, I got, I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. All right. <laughs> no, I got, I got plenty of time. I got plenty of time. Y'all with me? Can I have my time? 
Watch this, Isaiah chapter 1, look at verse 19, it says, if you be willing and obedient, you should do what? Eat the good of the land. Now, people just want to eat the good of the land, but they fail to understand there's a criteria that you must meet in order for you to eat the good of the land. But look at verse 20, it says, here. but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In other words, if you don't obey me, there's destruction coming. In other words, there is a price that you're going to pay for disobeying God. So, so I don't want to stay in my setback too long. Because sometimes you can get to a place that you get comfortable there. And you begin to think that that place is habitual or a place that God wants you to be at. And then when, when because what the devil do, does is, it's the devil up front when he gets people, he, out of, out, of, out, of, out of the will of God, it looks good for you up front. You may go a few months, a few days, a few months, it looks good. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Devastation happened. You wonder what happened. You start accusing everybody except for what you've done. If I had an umbrella, I, I like examples because pictures really, uh, they really paint something. Just pretend I had an umbrella, right? It's raining outside. What does an umbrella do? I open it up, right? What, it, it protects me from what? From the rain, right? Because I don't want to get wet. You got it? And see, that's what the church does. The church protects you from the fiery darts of the devil. It's a protective mechanism that God has given us. People, people who talk about, I can stay at home and go to church. You can't. No, you can't. The Bible says bring all the tithe to the storehouse. Your, store, your house ain't the storehouse. No, you can't do it at home. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some do as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So all them folks who say they're Christians and stay at home, they really don't believe Jesus on his way back. Because it says, as you see the day of the Lord approaching. They stand at the house. And then the whole, the whole thing is, is right, that person you're watching on TV, right, they ain't going to come pray for you. They, 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 ain't come pray for, they ain't come pray for you. They, they ain't going to do none of that. You call them, you're going to get, you know, operated the one of the machines. And if you get somebody that's personal, you know, it's, you know, they, they, they ain't praying for you. They ain't, they ain't praying for you. That's what, that's what the purpose of the local church is, for, for that to take place. And so, I have, to, I have to be in a place, right? I don't be fooled by the temporary success of unrighteousness. Sin has a devastating effect on you. That's four things that sin affect. I'm going to be moving quicker. Four things sin, sin affects because I, I want to get somewhere. Number one, it affects my ministry. The Holy Spirit can't uh, continually flow through a dirty vessel. Because you look at Samson, just like some folk in church, they don't know the Holy Spirit and left him. He shook himself, the Bible says, and he said, and he, said he didn't even know the Spirit was gone. Because, see, you can continually do what you was doing when you was in church while you in your sin and not understand that he gone. So, sin would affect your ministry. Number two, sin will affect your motivation. You don't want to pray. You don't want to confess the word. You don't want to go to church. Because you're not motivated. Because you're in sin. And you think everybody knew it. And really don't nobody know it but God. And you don't fail to understand that, that thought in your mind that everybody know it. It's only God convicting you for you to get it right. Number, number three, uh, it affects your mind. You can stay in sin so long that your mind get messed up. Mind get messed up. And then number four, it affects your morals. Because you... It causes you to cross the line with morality. It will put you in illegal behavior. When you said you, I wouldn't do this before, but, but because now you done got you a crack habit, now you're robbing everybody and stealing. Because you're in sin. See, it started one place, but sin never let you know where it's taking you. See, before you got saved, you was hitting that pipe, then Jesus delivered you. But now you think you're something, so you, 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 you want to have all these partners. And you live in sexual sin, and then while you're laying and playing, that appetite come back. You got, 
that appetite comes back and you, and you find yourself going, searching out. Why? Because you have stepped from up under the umbrella of your protection. You find yourself hitting the pipe. Flesh unchecked will cause you to walk in what you have been delivered from. Jesus, in Matthew 12, 43 through 45, you got to turn it. Jesus says that uh, the, the state of that type of person is worse than where it was. How's it been swept and gone? You, you know, spirits come back, they've been cast out, then they come back. Because anytime you have been delivered from something, don't mean they ain't going to show up to see if you was real. You know, you, you've been delivered from the pipe, right? That don't mean you can go out there, with, go back down there, and, you know, in the low place and witness to them folk. Because you start getting the itch that you won't scratch. Amen. 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 All right. So the reality of it is, if you don't hold your course, you're going to slip. You have to hold your course. Turn to James chapter 4. James, turn, turn to James chapter 4. No, you have to learn how to hold your course. You have to be fixed that it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what comes up. I'm holding my course. Yes, the wind is going to blow. Storms are going to come, but I'm going to hold my course. Are you there? He says, verse 7, he says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will do what? Flee, Flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In other words, I'm responsible for what goes through my thought process. What my hands do in my mind do, I am responsible for doing it. And so you can't let the devil get a grip on your soul area. Because once he get a grip, it's hard for him to let it go. Hard for him to let it go. That's why you can't be playing with this stuff. You can't play with it. And those of you who have issues in your life you're playing with right now, it's all right, it's going to catch up with you. You never, hear me, you can't never get away with it. I tell all the time, all, this all the time. Guys, I tell the guys, you better quit your girlfriends because God is going to embarrass you. I tell, them, I tell the ladies, you better quit your boyfriends because God's going to embarrass you. One day he's going to pull a cover off you and you're going to have an embarrassment. Hunt your neighbor say, you better leave him alone. <laughs> No, you got, to, you got to leave him alone. No, you got to leave him alone. No, no, I, I know what your flesh wants. Your flesh says, you know, I want to be with him. You got it? No, I know, you know, you just don't know how I feel about him. No, you cannot do this by your feelings. It must be by faith in what God said. If your flesh start acting up, you have to have faith in the delivering power of God. Because, because I know one day he going to want to act up. I've already calculated that, that one day he's going to want to act up when I don't want him to act up. He's going to want to do something to violate the principles of righteousness, but I can't let him do it. Can't let him do it. Can't let him get away with it. Got away with it before, but not, not, not this time. Everybody say, no, not this time. No, you got away. You, you, you tricked me to lay up with you, but not this time. No, you got, you got, you know, you got, no. See, y'all, 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 see, y'all want to play with it, right? But you got to say, no, not this time. You got to let your flesh, you got to talk to it. You got to tell your flesh, I am not allowing you to disobey God and embarrass me. Amen. Amen. So, <laughs> seven things you need to do to keep it from happening, from the devil getting hold of your soulless area. Number one, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to understand, if you've got a problem somewhere, you've got to be honest. I've got some issues. I need to give me some help. Amen. Well, you've got to be honest. It's just like, you know, in our Spirit of Freedom program, right? Uh, uh, I, you know, uh, thank God for Sister Jean and Brother Cedric over there running our Spirit of Freedom. That's our addiction program here in the church and everything. And, uh, no, I've heard, seen, first thing a person has to do is they have to recognize they've got an issue. Amen. But you need to be honest with yourself. Quit lying to yourself. The greatest deception you're going to ever have is for you lying to you. The greatest deception is not Satan lying to you. It's the greatest deception is you lying to yourself. Number, number, uh, number two, you have to repent for sinning against God. You have to repent. 
Number three, you have to choose to make restitutions when, when possible. If I can make restitutions, then I can do it. If you stole from somebody, you got to give, give, give it back. Number four, I have to renounce the open door that I gave the devil lordship over in my life. In other words, I have to renounce that sin. Tell the devil, get out. You're not welcome in this house. Get out. Everybody say, get out. Get out. You know, no, he has to get out. You have to get out. And he's not going to be, he's not going to go out willingly. You got to kick him out. You ain't got time to be writing no eviction letters either. <clears throat> no, you just got to kick him out. You got to by force. You have to kick him out by force because he's not just going to lay down and just let you kick him out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> number, um, number five, you forgive others who have trespassed against you. You have to forgive people. It's just like I told you, I don't care what anybody do to me. They already forgiven. I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm, you forgiven. You're already forgiven. Because there's a higher price to pay that I would have to pay not forgiving you. Because I need God to hear me. The saddest thing, y'all heard, the saddest thing is for a man of God to pray and God don't hear him. That's, that's the saddest thing. The worst thing in the church is a man who stands in the gap that God won't hear him in the gap. Because he don't know how to act. He can't forgive. Three ways God won't hear a man prayer. Number one, if that man live in sin. I'm still, I'm still on, on, my, on my, my, my same thing. Number one, if that man live in sin, God is not going to hear his prayer. Number two, God won't hear his prayer. If he live in unforgiveness, God is not going to hear his prayer. Man prayer. And the third way that God will not hear a man prayer, if we don't know how to treat his wife, God won't hear him. That's why it's a devastating, the church living in a devastating time because we have men in church that don't know how to treat their wife. It's devastating times. Because if, you can, if, if she can't call you Lord, if she have an issue with calling you Lord, then there's a problem. They quiet on me. Pastor, they quiet on me. They quiet on me. They quiet on me. Quiet, quiet That's how I like that. I like that means you're listening. You got it? No, God won't hear a man prayer. See, that's a devastating thing. That's why I hear, I always watch what, how a woman is, uh, uh, is experiencing in her relationship with a man to determine his spiritual state. A man's spiritual state is not when he's on his knees crying out, talking about, Lord, oh, Lord. That's not his spiritual state. A man's spiritual state is measured by how he treats his wife. That's how his spiritual state is measured. Because if he don't treat his wife right, I don't care how long he's on the moaning bench. God is not hearing him moan. Because until he get it right at the house, at his house, he can never have it right at God's house. It's a tragedy that we have in the church. It's an epidemic in the church. Because men do not know how to treat them like queens. How I get on that? I get there, Pastor. I get there. No, you have, no, you have to understand. In order for me to have a, I have to come. I have to be honest with what's going on. That's why. That's why I tell. That's why. That's why I tell the sisters everything. I say, if you were a man, he can't make your life better than what it is now. Why you want to be with him? I, I feel folk, I feel folk ready to pull their pistols out. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, you have to be in a place, right, that you, un no, you have to understand, right, that there is, there is, there's a standard that God has given us, and we cannot violate that standard because we want to walk in the flesh. Because, you know, you don't know, you don't know what she done for me. I always tell men this right here. If you want her to be something, it's your responsibility to teach her how to be it. If, if that's what you want, you teach her how to be that. I want, I want her looking good and looking pretty and everything and praise the Lord. 
No, and I make provision, right? I tell her she can have my whole check. No, I say you spend my whole check as long as you're looking good. No, no, you understand? No, because, no, because, no, I'm, I don't think I'm joking. No, no I tell you, you spend my whole check. I just want you live looking good, you understand? Because you rep, you, she represented. No, I'm, I'm working a principle because I do not want to get on my knees and then God bring her to my face. I don't want to see Tina on my knees. I want to see God on my knees. I want, I want to see God. I want, I want to be able to hear from God. I don't need him bringing you know, high in a tree. So I got to treat her right. Amen. You got it? No, I have, to, I have to treat her right so, you know, things can be right so I can give them a press through, right? I don't need to have a setback where I have setback with everybody else. I don't need to have nothing with her. I don't need to have no comebacks. You got it? You know, so if, if, as long as her and God loving me, I'm fine. Everybody else can hate me, but as long as her and God love me. Not just long her and God love me. Rest of it don't even matter. And you have to, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, because, because I'm, I'm counting the cost. And so the Bible teaches us, what number I'm on? What number? number six, you have to evict the satanic encroachment. You got to kick the devil out of your life. You evict him. Number seven, trust God and not your feelings. You got to trust him and not your feelings. That God, he wants me to do good. I cannot be convinced with my feelings because my feelings may want me to lust. But God doesn't want me to do that. So I have to trust God and not my feelings. So turn to me by 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Hurry up, hurry up. The Bible teaches us we should know how to control our vessel. Y'all hurry up. Verse 1 it says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 1 it says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. So you should, you should, so you would abound more and more. In other words, so you can grow more and more. For we know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even our sanctification, that you should abstain from what? Fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Check this out. Anytime that you go in the Bible and you start talking about flesh stuff, the first thing it's going to always mention is sexual sins first. Amen. It's always going to do that. Sexual sins first. Why? Because it is sex that have men trapped. And women. Because you got some women that's some men. Okay, hey. Pastor Troy, you got my back. You got, you got my heart. Pastor Troy said he got my back. Pastor Troy got my back. So he got my, you know, boom, got my back, you know, so. Boom, got my back. I can say what I'm going to say then. No, no, you have to be in a place, right? Because in our day and time, people are out of control sexually. They're out of control. Oh, y'all want to play me, right? See, some, some of y'all in here tonight, you are out of control with your sex life. Oh, they got quiet. Woo! Oh, you really in, you really in. No, you out, you out of control. No, you out, you out, you know, you out of control. <clears throat> I always tell married couples right here, it ain't nobody's business what you do in your bedroom. There ain't nobody. As long as you're doing something. No, as long as you're doing something. Come here, come here, baby, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Y'all know I'm getting ready to close, right? Y'all know I'm getting ready to close, right? Come here, girl. Come here. Come here, girl. Come on. Come on. Come on. Watch this. This is not us that I'm about to show. No, no. Understand this right here. When people first meet their flesh, it's out of control. And they want to touch and they want to feel and oh, everything. Yeah. And they want to hold, want to hold and they want to the kiss and everything. You know, they, you know, they want to do it. You can't keep the hands off of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Then they walk the aisle. Uh -huh. And they get married. Uh -huh. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh-huh. you touch. Why are you, why are you touching me? <laughs> Watch this. When you did not have a license to touch, you was touching. Now that you have a license to touch, now you don't want to touch it. I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody else to use. Uh, man, I can't. Man, I can't work my example. I can't work my example. Okay, okay, watch this. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk it. I'm gonna talk it to you. And so what happens is, is that the, well, no, no, no. You have to say it because, because even though you don't want to touch her, your flesh still wants a touch. Oh yeah. I'm getting ready to close. I'm getting ready to close now. Your flesh, your flesh still want to touch, even though you don't want to touch her. And what the devil does is that the devil comes in, right, and he begins to massage your mind. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear me. The devil begins to massage your mind that touching us is touching her is a nasty thing. And he begins to separate you and get between you, right? But then he brings Sally up. And he convinced you that the word Sally is saying is soothing to you. That whenever you talk to her, you want to snap at her. You want to tell her what she's not doing. You want to tell her how she don't turn you on no more. Are you hearing me? You want to tell her, right, you need to lose weight or you need to do this or you need to do that. When, when Sally right here don't even look good as she looks. Because Satan is, no, Satan is, Satan is massaging your mind because he's trying to get you in a setback position so that you can be in a place right. he can get you laying down with somebody who don't belong to you. And he begins to massage your mind and get you to thinking that she's your enemy and that she's your friend. And he begins to let you know that she has your best interest at heart and not her. And so he massage your mind and to the point to where if she touch you at night, why are you touching me? To the point that you say, if you touch me again, I'm going to go lay on the couch. Or I'm going to go to the next bedroom. That was massaging his mind. He's getting him into a place, right, to where he can sabotage his peace with God. He can sabotage the promise of God in his life. So he, he massage his mind. And the devil never tell him, the Susie over here is a satanic plant. And so he begins to not come home, saying he have to work late. But really in actuality, Susie works with him on his job. And so he begins to say he has to work late. And his and Susie conversation, it only starts in the conversation. But then Susie begins to tell him, you want to go out to eat because, and I'll pay for it. Because it's part of the trap. Because Satan never gives you something that does not lure you out there and get you a place. And then he finds himself spending more time with Susie than he will with his wife. And so Susie Q over here, he begins to look at her. And his gravitation begins to pull past her and towards him. And in the middle right there is the culprit, Satan. But then he find himself out here in this place and Susie is not what he thought Susie was. Because sin never is. It's never what you think it is. It is always something you're going to hate. But the damage is done now. He done talked bad to her. Told her how much he don't like her. Told her how bad she look. But now He's got to try to make a comeback. Amen. So what he does is, is that he don't let his girlfriend go. And then he start edging back this way. But you have to understand that it is not that easy. It's not that easy because now he wants to touch, but she don't want to be touched. Are you hearing me? 
Now he want a kiss, but she don't want him. His mouth. Hear the word. Hear the word. Hear the word. Why? Because in your comeback, it does not mean it's going to be easy. And so he get her and he tried to pray with her when he wasn't praying before. He had stopped coming to church, but now he wants to come to church holding her hand. Oh, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me talk. He wants to come to church holding her hand like everything is all right. But in her, she still understands and she still feels the pain and the devastation of his actions. And she come and, and, and they come in, right? And they're putting up a facade and she's smiling, but really down on the inside of her, he's she's hurting. Because just because he's making a comeback sexually, she has to make a comeback emotionally. Because her life has been devastated. She felt less. She felt she's been betrayed and looked over. And so he comes and, and he tries to get her back because if she makes the wrong decision, she's going to make another mistake. If she does not make him pay for what he done. He's going to do it again. Hear, hear me talking. I'm not talking about she haven't forgave him. I'm not talking about she haven't forgiven him. I'm talking about she put stipulations in it. That's not going to be easy for him. When he tried to, when he, when he tried to touch her, she say, she shank back to say, I don't know if you're trying to touch me and think about her. Because, see, there's consequences for misbehaving. I know you're right. I know you're right, man. But got to work my comeback, though. I got to work my comeback because I found out that out there, it is not good. That my safety net is right here in her arms. My safety net is in my relationship with God. My safety net is in fellowship with the church. My safety net and my umbrella is in the place where God is moving by his spirit and cannot afford or allow my flesh right. to have its way and let me have a devastating moment in my life. Amen. And so I have to do whatever I have to do right. to make my comeback. Right. Watch this, watch this. So whatever standard she make for me making my comeback because I want to come back, right. I'm willing to submit to them standards. Because I have to reestablish my love. I have to reestablish my trust in her life. I do not demand that she take me back. I come submitting and repenting of my deeds that's been done. Because I know I sinned against God, but I did hurt her. And in that process, I'm coming back. I'm making it good for her to where... It doesn't matter what I have in life. It's what she wants in life. Because she could have thrown me away. She could have got rid of me in the process because Susie Q took my attention off. But ne everybody said never again. Never again. Would I allow my flesh to take me down a road that I have to make a comeback? I'm going to stay on course. Yeah. I'm going to walk the righteous life. Because even though God will forgive me, even though God will forgive you, it does not give you the right to violate the forgiving order of God because God is going to forgive you. you. Can't make an assumption with God. And boy, when you get back, mm, mm, mm. When you get back, it's like it's better than what it was before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you get back and you, work, and you worked it right and you didn't, you, and you done everything, when you, get, when you make it back, when you make it back on your comeback, oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But I had to work it. I had to do what I had to do. Because I love her. And I'm telling you, when you get into a place that you're real serious about what you're supposed to do, you're going to come back to God. Amen. I'm out of time. Give God a hand of praise. Amen.